Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And this is the the one time of the year where we're explicitly good movie brunch. We're, we're pretty much always, cha- you know what I mean? Like always championing things. But um, this is when we're like, oh, this is our favorite list. Um, three of us are going to rock our top five favorite flicks from the year of our Lord 2021, um, which I actually found quite difficult last year. Remember last year we didn't even do like, we did like media like or something like like I, I think I had such a hard time like finding flicks or flicks I wanted or I don't know what was up with that. I think I watched a lot of old movies last year. I like dug into like physical like old movies that I should have seen like 10 years ago. That was my year in 2020. Well, and I think so many things for like the Oscars, everything really came out in January or like we were finally catching them. Like, I don't think I saw. Oh, my gosh. What's the movie that won the Oscar last year? Um, Francis McDormand's in it. Um, uh, Nomadland. Nomadland. I didn't see that till the middle of February. I didn't see Minari. I don't think until I like. There were so many movies I was not watching in 2020 that I caught up. So I'm like gonna be sad if I think I um, miss anything from the beginning of 2020 that I didn't, or beginning of 2021 that I didn't mention in 2020. All this is rambling to say that. I want everyone to know that I haven't seen the tragedy of Macbeth. It is and Those, very upsetting. They're to me. hard when they sneak in at Christmas. They like, are. We get so busy with like <clears throat> travel and stuff, and it didn't go to Apple TV right away, right? Like, was yeah. it technically even available on Apple TV Plus in 2021? I don't think so, right? I think it was a 2022 thing where it was like, so you had to go to a theater and with yes. Omicron spiking right like simultaneous with Christmas that wasn't like super accessible no I miss mm. my I, this is a tragic story that nobody needs to hear but I'll start with it the tragedy of, of Lady, <laughs> Lady McShep yeah Lady McTaylor yeah I know um, it, wor- it worked better um, but <laughs> my friend Chelsea invited me to a screening um, because she's on the SAG committee uh, and I was like no Luke you have to go to the airport or I'll take you I didn't even take Luke to the airport because he had to leave before I had to go to work. She was like, it's just a screening. There's no Q&A. I saw her um, this last Sunday, and she said that Frances McDormand was there, Joel Cohen, Denzel Washington, and I was just like, you idiot. And I haven't even seen it yet. Um, So... But I just, you know, I wanted to start this podcast off letting everyone know I haven't seen it yet. Don't hold it against me. Um, I'm, I'm sure it would take, my, would probably take one of my spots in my top five. I'm positive of it. I'm a Shakespeare kid. I don't think people know that. So, anywho, I said I was gonna go first. I'm very excited to talk about my top five, and I actually think my movie is pretty on par with bad movie brunch because i've decided that my top five movie my fifth one is house of gucci and i've already (laughs) told katie the gucci the gucci got me and it is a bad movie brunch movie to me i am picking this movie not for the caliber, not for who made it, not who, for who's in it, but it, the experience of watching that movie in a movie theater. Luke and I have not seen many movies in the theater, and we decided to go see this movie. And if you lived in Hollywood, you knew House of Gucci was coming out. I feel like everybody knew it because it was probably spent 
they they had to spend so much money on advertising. Well, I mean, the billboards were everywhere, and like you're, before you even saw like I feel like before I even saw trailers uh, around, I saw the billboards around <clears throat> everywhere, all over LA, <clears throat> and you see it was that, on TikTok. That's what I'm saying. Like you see that cast, and you're yeah. like, holy fuck! Adam Driver, Lady Gaga. Mm. Jeremy Irons. Well, and Adam um, Driver's like the only one like on the sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Like the only one on the billboard that isn't an Oscar winner. Like yeah. the rest of them are. Mm. Like it's like Pacino, Lady Gaga, like you said, like So this movie is Oscar bait, right? Like that's what it was what it was selling to us. I Leto, went in them Leto has an Oscar. Yeah. I went in that movie being like, Oh my god, I'm gonna see art, baby. I'm gonna see fantastical, I'm gonna be blown away. Sure it's Two hours and however many minutes. Uh, it, uh, it's. I bet it's worth every every minute, guys. I watched the movie with one of my best friends. I kept looking over at her, and I couldn't believe it. So many parts of that movie. If you get to watch it with your best friend and feel like you're watching a black box show with the budget of a Hollywood blockbuster, it's incredible. I recommend it with a bottle of wine. There's nothing better than watching. Adam Driver jump randomly in photo shoots three times and you don't know why. And scenes <laughs> going on for three minutes, which you don't know why. And everybody is so serious. And I think that it's a comedy. I think I've never experienced this in my life. I've had my friend Emily always goes to movies and she'll watch a serious movie and be like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, I feel like that's offensive to say. And now I've experienced that movie was so funny to me. I haven't sat and laughed and goffed in a long, long time, but yet I'm still talking about it. I think I've told everyone, everyone I know, that I simultaneously was so baffled that this movie existed and it's up for an Oscar, while also um, saying that they have to watch it with a bottle of wine. So um it's on my top five because of an experience is it on my top five because i believe it should be an oscar movie no i don't know. I think ridley scott didn't know he could tell the actors cut and the editor didn't know that they could cut the movie because there is so much air um but that is my that's that's my top, that's my five <laughs> go okay. ahead Katie. all right all right so my number five is Summer of Soul, or When the Revolution Couldn't be te- Could Not Be Televised, uh, directed Ooh. by Questlove. And it is a documentary about the 1969 uh, Harlem Cultural Festival, uh, which essentially was kind of like a Woodstock um, at the time. And uh, it was taped, but the tapes just kind of floundered in the archives for about 50 years until... Um, somebody finally was like, oh, we should probably do something about this. This was actually a real event that brought this neighborhood together. And um, I'm a big sucker for documentaries. I think every year that we've done the the top tens or the top fives, I've always had a documentary on my list. And I'm also a sucker for learning new things about music. Um, I think that there's this very interesting thing about writers who don't, who, who may not have other artistic skills, and, and I'm including myself in this category. Uh, obviously, this isn't how Questlove feels, but just in my own kind of fascination with this sort of thing. I'm fascinated by uh, artists who do, do other mediums. Like, I can't paint or draw or sing or do any kind of music. So I love experiencing art through other people's eyes, seeing how yeah. artists think, other kinds of artists think. 
And I, and again, just, just the way that all these people were, brought this community together for this, for this time. And like the joy that you see on these people's faces. And it, it, it just made me, it felt like a real feel good kind of time. And, um, I'd highly recommend it. And oh. I believe this one is on Hulu. Yes. Hulu. Brilliant. That actually, you do always have a documentary, and I'm always like, "What is that?" And then you say a documentary, and I'm like, "Yes." I was. They were they were like radio advertising this one. They were. Yeah, I was like hearing this on the radio, like on my drive and stuff. That makes it, sense. It was sweet. I was like, "Ooh!" Like the title. I love. I love titles that have an or or like a, like there's multiple titles. I'm like, "Oh, really?" Because yeah. uh, I'm not super decisive. You know what I mean? No. I love. I like like the, like the Irishman is is all has another title. It's like it's also I heard you, I heard you paint houses like stuff like that. I'm like Ooh, oh, which is it? What? I'm like which is it, dude? You should tell that real quick <laughs> that the Irishman how he literally from has... what I understand he wanted Scorsese wanted to call it that, and I think Netflix was like no, um, <laughs> and, and and he was like okay. That's such a good title and though. I I mean it, and it's the name of the book it's based on too. That's what's so weird about it. Um, but he's like, okay. And in the movie, the, the, it never says the Irishman in that movie. Uh, the title, the credit, the title sequence literally says, I heard you paint houses. Um, so it's bizarre. And maybe at the end it says the Irishman or something, but it does not at the beginning at all. I was like, I bet Um, nobody really notices that. That's why I'm a, having you tell that it's story. It's a pretty fancy title sequence. I bet you people notice it. But I, I've never. But that story, think... I learned that from Jake. So it, you know, it's Jake. Jake's story it could be full of shit. I don't know. But I, <laughs> it's, I, on, I it's all on the. It's on the. Um, the whatever. Yeah, on the Criterion that thing. That's what it, it's what it says on the inside, like and everything yeah. else. It's it's pretty good stuff. The more you know, folks, keep buying actual media so I like you physical can know media. that. <laughs> I don't know if the, I don't know if that's gonna be like like out of vogue because of like waste. Like I feel like mm. these new kids are gonna be like, you fucking piece of shit with your plastic clamshell cases all over your shelf. Why can't you just watch it digital like a good consumer? I'm gonna be like, fuck. Yeah, he he thinks of them as books. They're nice. They look good. And um, is it my turn? Yeah. My. Yeah. My dude. my turn, dude. This is extremely fucking difficult to do a five, and it's really hard. Um, and so everybody's gonna get my ten through six. <laughs> really okay. fast. Let's give his ten through six real quick. Gunpowder Go. milkshake. Ten. Nine. The Suicide Squad. Eight. Come on, come on. Seven. Judas and the Black Messiah. Six. Coda. Okay. All right. It's like half my Lots top to say. five. <laughs> <laughs> Is my back five? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll nice. See. um Okay, so number five uh, is Luca. From oh. Disney Pixar. Disney Pixar. This is one of my favorite summer movies in a very long time. That's a genre I adore. I like the ideas of endless summers. Uh, I also love coming of age flicks. I love seeing uh, boys be boys and be buddies and not in like the like gross Republican way. Like I just, <laughs> I, I just mean more of like I mean more of like let's let's like try to save money to buy like a shitty Vespa and like. Fucking mm-hmm. eat gelato in the in the in the sun and also be mermaids. Oh, that's that's the, that's the kicker is they're mermaids. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, I mean, and just I and, and I loved I love Disney Pixar. I was just thinking earlier, it was so hard to not put Encanto on here. I know that's just Disney, but like all the stories they're doing lately are just uh, they feel they feel like they're doing something new to me, and I'm really pleased about it. I'm happy to see something a little different, and Pixar will have my heart forever since I'm a Toy Story kid. So um, I just love it, and I love uh, I just love that it's just kind of. A story of, is a story of uh, like 
you know, uh, like kids being friends. It's a story of like a kid finding a father in uh, like Lucas Powell and like uh, Alberto. I, I, yeah, finding, thank you. I'm like yes. messing up. And he like finds the, the his friend who didn't. They have become a like dad surrogate father fu- son. There's a cute uh, cat in it. There's that a great cat. Sucker for cats. Jim Gaffigan plays his dad, which I think is funny. It's like Maya Rudolph is yes. his mom. Like yes. it's like the cast is stacked. Fucking Sasha Baron Cohen. Has has a role where he has dialogue, like he's in for like five minutes, he has like three lines and they fuck me up like and then he just le- and then he, and then he's just not in the movie. That's like, like Jared Leto in the House of Gucci. Uh, Jared Leto's a little bit more, but yes, I I I, have, I hang on every word of Leto and House of Gucci. Um, so I love this flick. Uh, and I it, I it had to go in my five. Beautiful. Me. Disney I'm Plus original. Gay. Isn't yeah. it? Was and, and like I know there's like Pixar is like that's a hot thing right now. Like they're like, fuck, why won't they play our movies in theaters? And like the more I heard like the morale's low and stuff, and I'm like that's so sad. But I think Luca was meant to be a Disney Plus. Is that right? I don't think so. No, they just gave it as a freebie because they yes. got bad press for charging for the other one. I don't know. Well, I think I think th- people were ready for the the Black Widow was the first thing that they released in, I think the movie theater. Okay, but I mean, right. but I mean, but Luca was free, and it's the only. But other ones were pay. Oh yeah, maybe I didn't realize that's what you were saying. Sorry. No worries. Yeah, Go ahead, sorry. Um, Raya had to pay for. Um, yes. Soul oh, was Raya, free. Ra- dude, Raya rocked too. Oh my god. Right. I do like Raya. Um, and also we saw Luca literally right before we went to Disneyland for the first time since post-pandemic where it was open. Is that right? I'm almost positive. That makes sense. That adds it's up. It's like we it, watched it in the hotel the day before. It just before felt very we mystical. It. Just, you know, like if we don't, if you didn't already know from this podcast how much we love Disney, we're just going to triple down. I'm pretty easy too. <laughs> yes, like, you are. I'm pretty easy. They're friends and they're also mermaids and life's easy, but it's also hard. I get it. He gets it. I get it. All righty. My um, next one is and you guys are gonna have to get used to double titles, double words because number four is together together. It was um, advertised as a rom com between Ed Helms and um, Patty Harrison. Uh, it was written and directed by Nicole Beckwith, and it's about Ed Helms finds a surrogate to carry his baby, and he's a single man, and he just wants to have a kid and. It becomes this about their platonic relationship, and um, it was just so beautiful to me. I'm a sucker for rom-coms, and yet it wasn't a rom-com, and it's a story that never gets to be told, where it's like, what do you mean? We're, and it, we've got Baby Mama, but like that's a comedy. This is a story about what it's like to be a surrogate and the actual feelings that you have. And they go to therapy together. And um, Patty, I'm going to, I wanted to say here. Yeah. Patty Harrison is a, a, a trans woman and seeing her play the lead role is just a, like makes my heart grow a million times. It makes me excited for Hollywood as a future. So mm. I'm like, fuck yes. Um, so I, uh, that movie had my heart going pitter patter, pitter patter, and that's it. Katie. Very nice. That sounds lovely. I really wanted to see that one, but um, all things involving babies make me cry. So I've been a little mm. hesitant to delve into that one, but probably now that I've heard your recommendation, 
It'll take you down that road, probably. I'll just tell you. It's definitely a drama. Like, it's a dramedy. It's crazy, because Ed Helms Mm -hmm. is one of the funniest fucks alive. Patty is one of the funniest fucks alive. But it's not that. And this movie's not that. It's amazing. No. Range range like crazy. Katie, go in with it on a day that you're like, well, I think I should probably release all of this tension I've been building up for six months or (laughs) three years now since we're in a pandemic, and I'm going to let it out. Um, They're like, have some rosé. You got to you got to know that there's a man who doesn't have a partner who want who wants to have a kid and there's got to be some reason why and I'm not going to let all of those things out but you're just like whoo good but I love to cry so <laughs> I think most movies on my list did make me cry um but yes keep going sorry to interrupt well, I'm going to go a completely different route, uh, more in the bad movie brunch kind of territory. Uh, a comedy, something that made me bust a gut, is Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, directed by yes. Josh Greenbaum <laughs> and written by Annie Mumolo and uh, Kristen Wiig. Uh, summary uh, from the imdb.com. Uh, lifelong friends Barb and Star embark on the adventure of a lifetime when they decide to leave their small Midwestern town for the first time ever. And this movie really surprised me. I uh, I was raised on Austin Powers. And I think I've kind of been chasing that high ever since. Like, I was the four-year-old at, uh, at Kroger saying to my mom, like, throw me a frickin' bone. Like, no. so, so that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, she was mortified. So it's it's in my it. blood, and I miss things that are just stupid and fun, and this had that in spades. Uh, the way, the thing that I think perfectly synthesizes that is that at some point there's a random musical number, and it, it caught me so completely off guard that it, it, and it wasn't in any of the trailers, which thank God, because it was such a surprise delight and highlight and then on top of this kind of you have your your himbo love interest you have these two middle-aged hilarious women who are best friends and they have their unshakable bond i love everything about that and i love that there's just for some reason a woman who is very pale who (laughs) who has a grudge against vista del mar and has like a cockamamie plan to destroy it and and it's just so wild and delightful and unique and i love when things are delightful and unique and it may not have been high art but it was it brought me so much joy and was one of the most memorable movies i saw this year so yeah my number four barb and star go to vista del mar bro memorable cover art too like that's like a poster from this year that i can see I remember mm-hmm. the opening really well. I watched it on a airplane, and I remember watching that with the little boy, uh, who then ends up being <laughs> a part of the evil uh, crew. And I was just like, "This yeah. is fun." I thought you said you were wa- like, a li- I thought you were watching with like a little boy on the plane. I'm like, "What fucking flight was this?" No, 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 no. Uh, no, the in the opening sequence, it was. I just, I, you're right, but and I also think that sometimes we don't give enough credit to absolutely ridiculous it's like what i said with the karate kid when people are giving a performance in a movie when it's just like so wild and yet everybody's committed it's it is uh so much fun it is such a joy and we didn't i don't feel like there was a lot of comedies this year so i mean i don't have a single comedy on my list (laughs) no we're in a bummer time you guys 
I mean, nobody's nobody's feeling all that fine. And also, it's like it's a hard time. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a, that's so apt, Katie. I really that's well put because it's so hard for comedies to hit right now. Like every yes, you need an escape, but at the same time, it's like people are dying. Okay, yeah, everybody yeah. relax. All right, is it my turn? Yeah. Yay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my phone's on the charger now. I should probably not do that because I'll talk out of the mic. All right, I'm talking into it. This is a great show. Um, four is. <gasps> The first time Andrew Garfield will make the list, not the last. Uh, this is Tick Tick Boom, and it, it's a I, it probably could be a surprise to listeners. I don't know, um, and 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 honestly, a little bit of a surprise to me because when I when when I understood what it was about, and when Taylor was like all geared up to watch it and was checking out, I'm like, oh, that sounds like the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm not super into being super depressed right now. Um, and then I'm in here. I'm over, I'm in my office, which is like basically like a, attached to our living room. And Taylor's in there, uh, watching the flick. And it's just the catchiest shit I've ever heard. I'm just jamming. I'm just learning all the lyrics. And I'm like, well, that's the best movie I've ever seen. But I never watched it. And so uh, finally, I gave it a shot and uh, sat down with Taylor. And I was like, oh, I had to beg. I was like, oh, that's just wonderful. I was like, oh, that's just a delight because they don't really they don't really do the thing. They're like, so. I want you to know that this person died before they got to see their their greatest achievement. And I'm like, rock on. Their magnum opus. I'm like, rock on. Were they young? And they're like, oh, yeah, 35. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And then. <laughs> Luke's worst nightmare. And then they just do the awesome movie. And I'm like, well, this is great. And then and then it ends without you having to, like, watch him die at a young age. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, loving that. And uh, everybody gets to go about their night and sleep well. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um Rock on and the for music is rock. On, I mean, the music's incredible. Rock on for Lin Manuel as a director. He, it's his world, and we're living in it. I think Taylor said that the other day. Uh, and it's also Garfield's world, and we're living in it. He's having his way. What this a weird year. Twenty twenty one's a good one for a lot of reasons. The songs rock, and like from what I understand, like these are all. Um, They're all Jonathan Larson's you know, original. Yes. And, and and I was like, holy shit! Like it was so confusing to me, and that's where it gets messy, right? Like. It's telling. It's doing a biopic, but it's also doing one of his shows at the same time as it's doing a biopic. So tick, it's tick, doing boom tick, is tick, a tick, show. Boom, the show and cut up with it. They're doing the biopic. Yes, because well, and because it, it like it's, he's it's he was pretty. He always wrote what he knew, and he then he's making suburbia, which is not the music that you're hearing when he sings the when like. The show is about he's trying to put on Suburbia. He is workshopping it, and they're going to have the first workshop performance, and he's inviting all these people, and it's what it's like to be in New York in the 90s. Um, and so those th- three things are put together. Two things are put together. That's true. That's right. And uh, Vanessa Hudgens is belting, and anytime I see Vanessa Hudgens sing, I'm, ba- I'm back to being in eighth grade watching High School Musical, so I'm very cool there. Um Everything about it is just firing on all cylinders to me. Every song is a real real earwig. You know what I mean? It gets stuck in there. So highly recommend it. It's right there for you on Netflix. Um, thanks. I also recommend you have a wife that shows you good movies because I, I got one and it rocks. <laughs> did, did you guys happen to watch uh, The Eyes of Tammy Faye? No, no, you know, you know, okay. uh, I heard it was very dope. Uh, and that's, what I, that's <laughs> the other thing is it's like, that's the other Garfield. Like it's it, we're in we're in this Andrew Garfield Renaissance, and he's like, it's not a Renaissance, mate. 
Like fucking, it's I've like been, been, I've been forever. Like me, so it, it spun me into this whole, it spun me into this whole web of Garfield, and I'm like, shut up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like Jake. I have a double feature for you, Martin. Martin Scoway home double feature, and it's mm-hmm. uh, Last Temptation of Christ starring the Green Goblin, and then and then <laughs> and which we did last Willem night. Willem Dafoe. Yes, which we did last night, and then now we're gonna do Silence starring Mark Webb's Spider Man. And also Adam Driver, <laughs> um, and and that it's gonna be a really it's gonna be a really Christian, Christian time <laughs> in cinema for me. Um, can't recommend all those things enough. Can't recommend Garfield enough. Like it's his time. Even if he yelled at that, even if he yelled at that Grubhub driver, he didn't yell at him. He's trying to be cool. <laughs> I don't know if he did. I'm just saying, even if he did. Even if he did. All right, you're up. Um, I'm on to my. I'm just saying, if he did. <laughs> Third, um, and mind you, my last one was together, together, and now another double. Uh, I guess Taylor, Taylor, together, together, and my third is come on, come on. You weirdo. I'm a weirdo. I'm so self obsessed that I'm picking <laughs> you movies. Are. You're like, oh, I like that one. That one seems comfortable to me. I like words that just together, together. Um, so come on, come on is Walking Phoenix comes in and offers to help his sister out um, and watch her son while he she has to go and help out um, her ex. Um, and it's kind of never really given what's really going on with him, but you're just, it's really about Walking Phoenix and this boy. Um, and it turns out that she, it was only supposed to be a week, turns out to be m- months, and it's their developing relationship and uh, as an uncle and a kid. Oh my gosh. It's a long movie. Well, it's but... an hour 48. But when you're in a movie theater, why, I mean, an hour 48 is not a long movie. No. But when we when you see that movie in a movie theater, when you haven't been in a movie theater in a, re- in a really long time, and you see it at like 10 p.m., and it's yeah. a black and white, thought-provoking Mike Mills heart wrencher. Yes. It, it does feel kind of long. Well, and it, it's he he writes like chapter books. What it feels like, and that's this how he felt. This one is chaptered, right? Yeah. This one's segmented. Yes, and that's because Joaquin Phoenix is uh, clearly like working for an NPR, and he's going across country interviewing these kids, being like, "What is the future of America? Like, what do you think the future is going to be like? What are you afraid of?" And they actually do interview kids, and it is so beautiful. I love a family story, but I especially love people being put in relationships that it clearly that you don't expect, just like the surrogate and the uh, soon-to-be dad. They are super – that's it's, a good call. It, and I'm, that's like my heart uh, hurt watching this little boy have – like they're, they're talking about gentle parenting. They're talking about – um, how to raise him in, in this way because his mom can't be there and his uncle and him weren't close before this. And then Joaquin gets, like, the characters become close. And there's something so cool and meta that he was a child actor. It's a child actor. And the mom is Gabby Hoffman, who is also a child actor. She was an Uncle Buck. And watching a relationship grow between actors, it was, it blew me out of the ballpark. And I... Loved it so much. Can I ask you, do you like it, uh, since it's a Mike Mills flick, do you like it more than uh, 20th Century Women? No. 
Because I was like, uh, that was so fresh in my mind as like an A24 Mike Mills. I'm like, oh, like it, that that became the standard, which I know you shouldn't do. They're like apples to oranges flicks. Yeah, I was like, they don't feel the same to me at all. They don't, and it's spo- and it's on, but it's on the surface. It's a it's a father it's a father and son tale on the surface. But really, this dude just talks about moms all the time. Like this movie's about moms and how difficult it is to be moms. And it's also like it struck that's the message I took away is like. Being a mother's hard, and they have to burden everything, and 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 they aren't thanked for it, and um, they don't even get credit and, for it because it's like you're not even sad. you're not even I loved it, but yeah, you're not even supposed to love Gabby Hoffman. You're supposed to be loving watching Joaquin. Like all you've heard me talk about is Joaquin. I think this boy was named Noah something. And that's um, one of the great tricks of the flick, though. It's like yes. one of the that's one of the points. I think I think it's really smart. Yeah, and it was just beautiful, and I think it's a movie that went under the radar, and I wish more people would watch, and I think if you're trying to raise a kid right now in this time, it's well worth it. And you, It's like, uh, every time, I'm a nanny, so every time I think about all these things that these parents have to teach their kids, and like, there should be classes that people have to take as parents like there should just be it like it should like be required, required yeah uh because that would be nice um you could just prevent a lot of trauma that way uh and that is come on come on i don't know where you it's playing but you should buy it it'll come out it'll come out in the classiest a24 fucking yeah Blu-ray i guess i mean edition. like where you'll be able to you could probably rent it on apple yeah, you probably you think it's on digital yet? I don't know. It'll don't probably know. be coming out soon. It was it was like I think it was in theaters at the beginning of December. Yes, so that's it might when I saw it. it might be a second. I don't know. Everything's going I feel like the window's getting close like shorter and shorter. Things are coming to digital so quick. Yeah, because they're probably not doing that well like, ah, movie theaters. It. Good call. That is my number three. Katie. Okay. Uh for my number three, I'll just preface this by saying that I'm very difficult to please. Which I've uh, mentioned quite a few times on this podcast. When it comes to two things, animation and lesbian movies, uh, I'm very, very picky. Uh, But my number three is Mitchell's Versus the Machines, which uh, is directed by Mike Rianda, written by Mike Rianda and Jeff Lowe. And the synopsis they have on IMDb is a quirky dysfunctional family's road trip is upended when they find themselves in the middle of the robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. And um, I wish I would have read that and actually saw that now. Billboards were sweet. Yeah. We had a big one right through my office window. (laughs) It, um, so one of the things I find very interesting about this movie, number one, is that they keep referring to this family as dysfunctional. When quirky, yes, dysfunctional, no, they all genuinely really love each other. This is a film, really, it's a a father-daughter film. It's about this dad kind of learning to let his daughter go be a film student in Los Angeles. And how she gets roped into this family road trip to L.A. instead of being able to just fly there directly and be with her people immediately. She has to spend a little bit extra time with her family. And it's, it's really about the, like, letting go process and learning to love the differences in your family members and all that sort of things. And one of the things about this main character, who incidentally is called Katie, is that she's gay. And um, when I, I had mixed feelings about that initially, because it the, the queer representation in this felt very much like Paranorman. Where in Paranorman, when they reveal at the end that the buff older brother that uh, Norman's sister was trying to hit on the whole time, uh, that he was gay, he just says it casually in dialogue, 
uh, that felt like such a big deal at the time. And I think that was like seven years ago. And um, I was very excited about that. It was like, oh, you can actually say that you're gay in animation and dialogue now. That's so cool. And mm. here, the the queerness is subtle. It's not part of the plot. And I think that the, um, <laughs> the intent of the writer-directors was to just be like, it's, it's a regular thing. Like, we don't need to spotlight it. And, you know, there are, like, little hints. Like, she has some queer, like, buttons and bracelets. And at the end, there's a line dropped that she may be dating her college roommate. And <laughs> when I first watched this, I was kind of um, unimpressed with that. Uh, and the more that time has gone on, I really have come to respect their, um, that the heart, the heart is at the right place and it's not right to nitpick things that are trying. It's just that I, I don't know, that, that particular thing means so much to me personally that I would have yeah. loved to see that be a conversation between this girl and her dad. And in this universe, it's, it's already a time where that's been resolved. They've probably had that conversation a long time ago and it really doesn't have anything to do with the matter at hand, but it would have meant a lot to me if that had been a part of it. And so I just felt a little let down by that particular part of the movie. With that being said, this is the funnest movie I saw all year. It is incredible. The visuals are amazing. The way that they input Katie's films into the actual story is great. I love that each one of her family members is unique and interesting. I like that her dad is a tool dad. Like, he's he's a fixer kind of guy. He's very outdoorsy. He doesn't understand. It, it, I thought this was going to be the kids are on their phone too much movie. And it didn't end up <laughs> being that. It was such a relief that that wasn't what it was, actually. Yeah. It There, there was some, um, like, tech bros are bad. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, 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 we'll do that. And uh, you do have the robot apocalypse. And, of course, the only thing that can bring down a robot apocalypse is this crazy family including you know the the dad that doesn't that isn't impressed by technology but it t it takes all of them really and the little brother is obsessed with dinosaurs and that's really fun and he he gets a crush at the end of girl who also likes dinosaurs and Aww. there's just so much love with this family and that they, they they just really bond together throughout this film and they they felt real Everything that's going on in this movie is ridiculous, but that felt real. And in a year where I didn't really connect with any animated films, I connected very strongly with this one. And I'm yeah. I'm so glad it exists. So yeah, that's that's my number three, Mitchells versus the Machines. I feel like Katie, the like what you were talking about before about like the, the hint where it feels like they're hinting at it. Sometimes it feels like, well, are you like, do you not actually want to say it because you're afraid that half of America will be annoyed that she is or like and that's like that thing where you're like are you being dismissive or are you being like why do we have to make a big deal out of that and that line is so ooh, thin it's tricky and so I yeah. feel like uh, I uh, I can't imagine being it and be like S say it just just do it and you're like oh no 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 <laughs> they're 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 trying to be nice but you're like no do it um yeah that's what I was thinking. I just wanted to mention that. Fourth Lord Miller collab, uh, feature collab with Sony. Yeah. Uh, this followed, I remember they kept pitching on the billboards that, like from the guys that brought you into the Spider-Verse. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think it was more so they were producers on it, but this is from the, the heart of the uh, Michael Rianda. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, rock on. That's super cool. I was Googling because I'm like, what the fuck? How did I miss a movie that's a movie about filmmakers? I love movies about movies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, like, I think you'd really dig it. Grumbling. I don't – you know what's weird is like out of all the movies I watch, I miss so many. That's what this tells me every year. Every year we do this pod is that's what it makes me realize. Katie always, I think, is like look at. Well, next- she's the perfect wrench because me and you have similar. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, just because her taste is different. Well, but she's a Netflix animation girl. I think you added Claws to one of your. Oh yeah, she oh, did. I did. That was yeah. Your- yeah. Yes. Claws and made so me cry me- like a baby. Good yeah, stuff. and that made me watch that, and so then I, I should have known because that's another Netflix animation. Dude, Netflix is crushing the game. Speaking of Netflix animation, loved me some Motu this year. I know. I, I'm serious though. I'm not just saying that to say it. Like I'm, we talked about it earlier. I only laugh because it's Luke's boss. They not know. Because it's not oh, good. they know. Yeah. Just they wanted know. to be clear. They know. They know what I am. They know I'm a shill. <laughs> um. So it's my turn. My 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 turn. Three. Three is it's, it's actually if if you if you lived in my household, which Taylor does. Um, I really do. You'd be you'd be in shock if this was if you if you found out this was only number three on my list this year, but what that's because it? the year is long. Um, <laughs> it is Denny Villeneuve's Dune. No, it's ah! not. That is your number one. It's number three. These are then all it's tied. Not easy. You have to say that they're tied. They're not. Oh my god. I don't what do could ties. Be next? There are no ties in Slapshot Regatta. There, there are no ties on Bad Movie Brunch's list. Uh, this movie, and, and here's why it made three, is because the other two I was so built in for that this one was more of a surpriser. So the moments are going to last with me longer than the other ones because I, I waited all my life for them. These, these yes. is, this is more of like, a, oh, I didn't know I needed you. And I think this was another one that you weren't sure about and then you watched. It wasn't. Um, so... I don't. I don't know. Da- I didn't know David Lynch's Dune. Um, I, I wouldn't say no. I, I don't know the book. I'm very like. Uh, I'm kind of hit or miss on certain genre stuff of this variety. To be honest with you, I'm pretty. I, I'm kind of just a mainstream punk on a lot of uh, like sci-fi and pop culture. To be honest with you, I'm pretty easy to please with Star Wars and Marvel and all that good stuff. Um, but I, I watched this the first time when it was on HBO Max, and I'm like. I was confused by it and like I was like whatever like and I was kind of just like roasting it but if there's one thing I like is being kind of confused by a three hour long movie set set something off in my brain like crazy where I'm like I have to know every word of this I have to I have to I have to break the machine open and, and, and reconfigure it from the inside out until my brain knows what's going on. And you know that since this is the podcast uh, that was started with Batman v Superman, uh, that's what I live for. I'm like, well, that was challenging. And then I go and watch it. And, and, and also, like, I don't know if I think I might be in the minority calling that movie that because, like, I've never heard a bad review for the most part, like in terms of it was a real darling um, and I do regret the fact that while I did watch it, I'm not exaggerating, like, five days straight. He's um, not exaggerating. I, I, I mean, oh, boy, did I watch it. Mm. Um, and I just got the 4K UHD Blu-ray, so Taylor's going to watch that soon. Um, I, I, uh, I, I honestly never got to see it in a theater, so I do sort of regret it. But it was, again, right in that window where I was like, I don't know if we should go to the theater. What should we do? So, But it was awesome. Rock on to that movie. Uh, made a believer out of me. I already can't wait for the sequel. That's probably like two de- two years down the pike. Um, my Arrakis. Yeah, they don't even. They, yeah, dude, it's it's my desert. My Arrakis. 
my dune yeah i just needed you to say one quote because i've heard too far too many dude taylor put makes me put my hand in the gom jabbar every morning <laughs> with like a, with like a needle to my neck and luke would you say maybe you like a dead dad movie it's tough because I don't want to spoil the flick. You mentioned bad movie, or you mentioned Batman v Superman. I don't want to. Men- I don't want to spoil the flick for anybody. But it's too late. I already said Oscar it. Oscar Isaac's a pretty cool dad, and he cares about his son a lot. <laughs> and you love Jason Momoa in it. Jason Momoa is a real dunk in Idaho. Yeah. Uh, everything. I mean, Josh Brolin's in it. Zendaya's kind of in it very shortly. <laughs> um, uh, I think that was honestly why most people were annoyed by that movie. It's the, it's the coolest, advertisement. Well, it's the coolest casting I've ever seen. Like all of them are just like such like bang. Like let's let's cast the coolest people and most popular people and they all came in and crushed. I was so impressed. And I already know Timothy Chalamet making crush. I know he can do it. Um but I still like had reservations and here he comes in and just knocks it out of the park. Everybody in it just rocks. Um and I can't get enough of it. I like weird language that sounds interesting. <laughs> and and even though there's yeah. I don't know, man. It was just like a sci-fi that, like, you can tell that a lot of you can tell that a lot of people drew from Dune, like, like the book and some of that. Like, you can tell me watching Dune. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, like George Lucas obviously was inspired by Frank Herbert's Dune for Star Wars. Obviously, a lot of modern pop culture owes a great debt. So I'm not discovering anything new. Uh, but that said, it felt new to me, and I loved it. Moving on. Yeah, it's not gonna make my top ten. Um, mean. I just wanted everybody to know in case I got too excited by yours. Um, you gotta bring that energy. You gotta bring that energy. Well, they're singing happy birthday. You just want to lay down and cry. Taylor, is your list together, together? Come on, come on, tick, tick, boom. Yep. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> three, three, three movies, like four words. Yeah. I love a good movie. I am... I watched this movie, and I went to theater school. I love Stephen Sondheim. Um, I wasn't a big Rent person. I liked it, but I didn't grow up with it. Um, And when I watched it, oh, boy, did I cry. Oh, boy. So Luke didn't – Jonathan Larson, it's about his life, Um, and it's about him producing what what would end up being a flop – um, and it's kind of got like that same Romeo and Jet, uh, Juliet theme where it's like, we already know what's good the ending is. Let's just cut. To, you get to know before we finish it. Um, but a, a movie that's going to have a parody of a Stephen Sondheim, a movie that's going to have literally Stephen Sondheim's now last. Um, he Bradley uh, Whitford plays Stephen Sondheim. But there is a, a shot in the movie that is an actual it's an answering machine. Right? Answer, yeah, it's in a voicemail that Stephen Sondheim lovingly re-recorded, and for the movie specifically. Um, and I think he passed away before I mean, or after it, the one I saw. It was the movie. like within like weeks. It was like within a week of you seeing that flick. Yeah, and so I'm just bawling my eyes out. And um, Lin Manuel Miranda loves theater loves it and um he is a champion of i think writing love letter to it and i'm a sucker for that this he is very detailed in bringing in theater performers joshua henry uh is fantastic andrew garfield for never singing in public makes me want to punch him in the face of how good he is (laughs) um and uh jonathan larson there's the character himself it's it was he was 
incredible. And it makes you so sad that he is he passed away. Um, and if you don't know, he passed away uh, the night of the preview of Rent. So he never lived a life in which he knew that his um, work was incredible. And I think that's uh, oh, that's like the artist tragedy that we all know and gets our gets me going every time. The music is fantastic. I could listen to Thirty Ninety on repeat. Every one of the songs are so fire. Why is by far my favorite, and I've been listening to it nonstop. I literally taught my little nanny boy the song "This Is the Life" to walk down the stairs to. Um, this if, is the life. Lin Manuel Miranda. If you're gonna put Bernadette Peters in the movies while she's singing "Sunday," what, what are you trying to do, to me, man? I can't cry all day, all the time. I have no more tears left to cry. Yeah, <laughs> and and oh my God, MJ. Um, she's in Pose. She just went in. Uh, Golden Globe, she's in it, which I love her. I love her so much. I want her to be in everything. Um, I'm, who am I missing? I think you mentioned everyone else, but. Bohemia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Stephen Sondheim is I'm, I'm was so sad. He's passed away, and he's so old. So what is it? You know, um, it's beautiful. If you haven't watched it. Go to Netflix. Watch. You can watch that. Um, you just watch it. It's, it's so good. Yeah, just watch it. Just watch it. Just watch it. You're an idiot if you don't. Oh my god. I'm going out so hard today, but I oh I could cry right now with you, um, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my number two is Shiva Baby, written and directed. Rec- excuse me, written and directed by Emma Sleegman, and it's based on her short film from NYU. At a Jewish funeral service with her parents, a college student runs into her sugar daddy. So, this was based (gasps) on Sleegman's uncomfortable and funny experiences at Shiva's. And uh, she also knew a community of women at NYU who were sugar babies. And she took those experiences, uh, turned it into that short film. Yeah. (laughs) Into this just amazingly uncomfortable movie. And I... I do remember, like, like I think I mentioned this the, the last time we had kind of spoken about this, just that it gave me a similar kind of tension to uh, Uncut Gems. Obviously not to that level. Like, I didn't think I was going to have a heart attack. It was more of a, a simmer than a boil. Um, but it, like, like, you can feel the tenseness of the passive aggression of the characters throughout it. And it's essentially about power. This main character is adrift. She is at a point where she has um, finished her degree and now she has to figure out what to do next. And while she's kind of figuring that out, she is a sugar baby. So she's being paid to uh, have be a companion to this man. And that means sex. So she gets money essentially for, for that. And he also, in, in his mind, he believes that he's paying for her to go to law school. Uh, which she is not doing. That's a lie that she cooked up that her ex-girlfriend actually is doing. She's the one that's actually going to law school. Um, she wants to do, uh, she has a degree, a very, like, liberal arts degree in feminism and film or something to that extent. And, um, this all kind of comes together when she has to go to the Shiva and she finds out that not only is her sugar daddy there, but he knows her parents and his wife is there with their <gasps> baby. It's their it's, baby. That's it's their baby. Yeah. 
And um, the wife is uh, Deanna Agron from Glee. She played Quinn. She's a she's a Shiksa princess at this uh, this very Jewish funeral yes. service, and so she really stands out. And um, also, of course, her ex girlfriend, the main character's ex girlfriend, is there. So it's of just course. all of these circumstances. Just it's so uncomfortable, and she's trying to like lie to him about what she's doing with her life and of course she gets outed as not going to law school and she wants to lie to the people around her of of her relationship with this man but there's this self-destructive impulse that she has at some point during the film to still seduce him and uh that ends up being what blows everything up because she realizes she no longer has the power and there's this but like the comedy comes from the uncomfortable situations and the passive aggression of the characters but there's this real kind of intense vulnerability to thinking that you have power with this adult thing, sex and sexuality, and realizing that you, a young woman, may not have the cards that you think you have. And that could easily be a deeply traumatic kind of story. But instead, the film, if I may spoil, ends with this girl in this (laughs) ridiculous car situation with all of these characters and she and her ex-girlfriend just gently hold hands like they're just getting through it together and they they're probably not going to get back together but it's this it's this nice simple moment of i see that you are hurting and that you're uncomfortable and i'm here for you and in a movie where everybody's digging at this main character and she's trying to justify herself for the majority of the wrong time. It, it's just so nice to end on that simple note. Absolutely. And yeah, that and that's why it's my second favorite <laughs> movie of the Where year. Where do you yeah. see this? Where do you watch HBO it? Max? Oh. HBO Max fucking rules. It really does. It really does. It's just coming through. Like what a what a treat. Like that, what a and I've said sorry. I didn't no, you What a what a treat. I mean, like what a stranglehold. Like what a way to catapult yourself, uh, shoulder to shoulder. And I've been saying it since last year. But like, HBO Max was like, oh fuck, another app to pay for. And then they were like, no, <laughs> fuck you. You're gonna we're we are we are Netflix. We are your uh, Hulu's and Amazon Prime's and all that stuff like that. H- even though HBO Max came out, wouldn't they be also one of the part of the originals that were like, no, 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 we're not going to be included in that. They've been subscription for forever. Do, like, it, I never even think about that now, but now think about, like, they had the HBO yeah. Go. Yeah, HBO, well, HBO itself, home box office, <laughs> yeah. like, in, like, the 90s and stuff. They're looking at fucking, they're looking at Netflix like Doll I Created You. But... Um, it's blowing my mind because I'm literally thinking about it right and, now. And so they're like, we, uh, premium TV that people pay for? Yeah, we can do that. So they're, and, and, But what I'm talking about is what catapulted them because they've always been there. They've always been a staple um, and the, the, the root of so many pop culture phenomenons. But uh, the, the thing that makes me think of it is the fact that they have WB teaming up with them and they can do the simultaneous theatrical release, which I know a lot of filmmakers are up in arms about. It's a pandemic, man. Like relax, mm. um, and we may uh, never leave it. Relax, man. It's it's not going anywhere. I know. I know. Everybody wants to see Tenet, but let's let's, let's just chill. God, well, it was like, long ago. let's just chill. So, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed that, and Peacock got on that train with like Halloween Kills, and it's it's also this this team up has given way to some batshit amazing stuff, like 
the Suicide Squad movie rocked, and you got to watch that on HBO Max as opposed to, you know, risk COVID by going to see it in a theater. And now, like, they have the peace the Peacemaker show. Like, Peacemaker is built directly in. Viola Davis is in the first episode. Like, it's all acknowledged. Ooh. It's all directly sequelizing. James Gunn is writing and directing at least through four. Like, it's all it's it's all good. Like, and Batman is getting the Batman is having multiple tie-in shows on HBO Max. Uh, the Batgirl movie is an HBO Max movie, from what I understand. Like, it's exclusive there, and that ties in. Like, it's all like like Colin Farrell's Penguin has, is going to have a show on HBO Max. Well, like, and- it's just fucking crazy. And that synergy not, is like to die for. You're not even mentioning the stronghold that Euphoria has on pop culture right now. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like that, whether or not I like it, whether so, or not I like it. So that's what I'm saying. It like, they was can do made that in to their... make our parents upset. You, it's made we're not even the age of those I characters. I must be a parent. <laughs> in their in their sleep, they can give you Sopranos and Euphoria, and they can give you Game of Thrones. But now they're doing Euphoria. Which is like awesome and a collab with an amazing thing with A24, but they're also like yeah, like doing this thing too. They're really firing in all cylinders. I'm right, uh, uh, big fan of Righteous Gemstones, and I feel like nobody talks about it. Danny McBride, real quick uh, plug, the end. Oh, it's my turn anyway. Right? Your turn. You can talk as much as you want. Just preferably about right? what your number two is. No, no, my number one. What? Yeah. No. Yes. No. I just did Tick Tick Boom. That was my number two. I haven't done two. Then we were running you. Oh. We were talking about Shiva Baby. Oh. And now it's you, too. Sorry, I was in a circle in my head. And then so I thought it'd be your turn after Katie because Katie's phone is in front of me. You're to my right. And so mm. I was going clockwise. Yeah, but no. Um, it's reverse, reverse, baby. Very confusing. I, I'm, I'm sweating bullets right now. Uh oh. Um, so, number two for me is, uh, and this is difficult. These top three are really difficult to narrow down um, Spider Man. No. No Way Home. Oh, that's uh, two. Number two, uh, which is not easy. Luke, there are Spider-Mans everywhere in this room right I, now. I think if you look around, you'll see some stuff from the other movie. Guys, I can count right one. now. But one, two, three, four, five. I love five. Spider-Man, and this movie is a movie about lots of Spider-Man, and it's a movie for Spider-Man fans. Um, it's one of the MCU's finest works. Um, I loved Homecoming, and I loved Far From Home. Um, but all the thing about those first two flicks uh along with civil war and infinity war and endgame is already in the span of like those three years or four years or whatever you had tom holland playing more spider-man than anybody has ever done like in history and he did it in such a short period and he's growing with the character and stuff and what all of that kind of serves as is a precursor full-on origin movie all leading you to the to this flick which in itself serves as the cap on an origin because like the movie like ends with him being like the official Spider-Man from like the comics. Basically it's so fucking bizarre to me that you go on this, like he's gone to face space and fought aliens. He's been snapped away by infinity stones. Like he's lot like he's loved and lost and like all this stuff. He's bare. He's not even graduated high school. And now he's got to like fucking like, have you seen this movie, Katie? I don't want to ruin every aspect of it. Cause it is, it is truly jaw dropping. It's going to be some of the biggest, it's some of the biggest Oh shit mo- moments of like, movies like the thing they did here i don't want to bury the lead but uh, there's a couple spider-men in this <laughs> I, I did know about the men um there's some spider-men which uh, is there's toby Maguire returning which is gobsmacking and then a garfield <laughs> as well but go ahead i i which know I mean, i've been 
I know I've been a real sourpuss about a lot of things, but, like, I, I do genuinely, genuinely want to watch this movie so badly. Like, it, it just is like, I do, I love when they combine all of the people who have played the how, part. I'm there. You, you got me. It's so fucking smart. Give me and the Spidey like, movie. It's a, it's a layup. Like, that concept alone is easy. And instead, they're like, yeah, but what if we make it the longest Spidey movie ever? And, like, fucking, it's got, like, like more layers than a goddamn delicious chicago pizza like fucking it's it's like everything happening like there's three different movies going on and they're all good and it completes this beautiful tapestry like the spider-man story has been so comics read this issue and read this issue to understand this issue and also i hope you read these other uh spider-man issues from these years because they tie into this giant fucking annual fucking anniversary size like it's everything and more dude it's everything and more um, to see the Spider-Man of my childhood, Tobey Maguire, the underserved Spider-Man, uh, Andrew Garfield, who I've banged Andrew! the drum for. I'm ahead of the curve on some things, guys, but whatever. We love and, him. Uh, and uh, and then Tom Holland to, to get to get do this, and Zendaya to get to like act her ass off for Doctor Strange uh, to have such a pivotal role for Marissa Tomei to come in and crush. Everything is so good. I can't believe that they used it, like like this dude. Fucking a Tobey Maguire in that suit. I want to die. <laughs> like and, I, and, it's, and it's so hard for me not to just give you lines and moments, but just that's all I'll say. Tobey Maguire in that suit, Katie. I want to die. I know. Uh, I when know. that I when that movie so comes bad. out, I've, bro, I've pre-ordered the Steel Book from Best Buy. I think Katie should when just come, come over. And that's watch what I'm it saying. I think maybe you should oh, come God, over and, and it's a viewing. It's a viewing in the Casa de yes, Taylor because, because this is gonna be. I will say. <laughs> I don't think I would have ever watched a Marvel movie if I never watched it with a Marvel fan. It's like mm-hmm. that another one of those experiences where even I enjoyed that movie and it was incredible because I was when we did go to the movie theater for that. Luke literally You couldn't keep me away. No, no nothing <laughs> nothing was one. gonna keep keep me away, bro. There was like one week that Luke was willing to see something and it was Spider Man and come on, come on. I'm gonna and, eat so many dots that week. <laughs> and how's, Well, House of Gucci and Licorice Pizza, Pizza. I saw like there was like yeah, you're right. It was like, oh my god, it was like a window of it ten days where I saw like four movies and I'm like, that was too much. Yeah, and, and then, then I, he hasn't been back since. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also want to, it's like, I have to say that if you get to watch a movie with someone who loves um, uh, the Spider-Man the, and we, watching it in a room full of people who are just like screaming, that is something that I hope we continue and why m- movies will always matter to me is when people are screaming at a screen a screen for pure joy is like a, a otherworldly experience and i was just it you have to come and watch it with us because it, it's a ball. I, I, oh, luke I will still to. luke will still gasp even though he knows exactly oh, what's it's happening. gonna be i'm gonna study every single frame it's gonna be wonderful um but I, I, oh and it just oh my god katie there's a there's this arc that happens oh my god they're just tying up whole loose ends you're gonna cry at you know what you I should think. mention i actually I'm believe excited. you're gonna cry something um, you should mention though that uh, it's spider. Like I feel like we talked about Mitchell and Machine. Talk about Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Without that movie, I don't think they would have made this Spider Man. I, I mean, totally. I think that I think that that they owe they owe a lot to how well that went over. They're like, well, fuck, we can do some multiverses. And I think DC owes a owes a nod to that too. DC has been doing the multiverse very well, and they mostly did it on TV, and they kind of hinted at it in the flicks, but. Now that Into the Spider-Verse kicked that door open and they're like, wait, audiences understand multi- 
multiverses? And it's like, yes. And it's like, wait, so you can like all three actors and not have to pick a favorite? It's not a fight. And Sony's like, and you'll want to go back and buy the old ones again, right? And I'm like, yes, and re-release, please. Like I was like, make, put them all <laughs> make in one pack. Make the double pack. features happen. Yeah. Put, a, put them all in one pack, and it costs a lot of money. Luke will buy my, it. Please. Still to this day, one of my favorite Los Angeles memories has to be that double feature at the Egyptian when we saw Spider-Man 1 and 2. Fuck, yes. It was Fuck, so yes. good. People <laughs> cheered for every cast member's name and, like, the opening fucking, like, crawl and stuff. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, was an beautiful. absolute blast, man. I, I, I love that shit. I think that... I think about that a lot, to be honest with you. And then I remember, like, finding a Spider-Man 3 DVD in the back of, like, the West Hollywood Target and being like, all right, guys, uh, and, and bringing it back to that apartment and us being like, okay. Like, <laughs> and, like, and, and I've given it so many shots. They somehow, they somehow have, like, into the Spider-Verse and then also in this movie, I won't spoil it, but they've, they've made Spider-Man 3 cool. Like, they, they're, they're, they've figured it out. They're like, no, it was cool. I'm like, fuck you. And this is Luke's number two. I know. I can't believe, believe that. Oh, I'm so excited. You'll believe it. You'll one. believe it. You'll I believe have it. a feeling. All right, let's roll. All right, my number one is uh, CODA. And <sighs> CODA stood for uh, Children of Deaf Adults. It was a story adapted by, and I really hope I say her name right. I, is it Cyan? That's what I'm hoping. Header. Um, she wrote and directed it, um, and it's based off of uh, an Italian film called The Bellier Family, but that was about farmers, and she decided to make it about a child, one child in a family of four who could hear, and the rest of her family could not, and it's set in Boston. They're fishermen, and boy, oh boy. It's another thing where I'm like, it was a musical. Her, the young actress is amelia jones another person who it's like i guess i'm a sucker for actors being like i never took a single voice lesson in my life and i'm a beautiful singer that's usually not your thing you're usually pissed about that i know but these they just are incredible yeah i love the flick so um and she's 17 so it's like growth listen taylor taylor growing live on air yeah yeah you feel it folks um and this girl's literally 17 when she's filming it. She learned how to sing. She learned how to play guitar. And she learned sign language all to play this part. And she, I watched, um, I got to, was lucky enough to go to a screening where she talked about how she's like, yeah, I just wanted a challenge. And I was like, God, being 17 is so cool because you're always like, it's, there's something where you're like, I, I can prove you all wrong. And you have, there, there's a point in your life that you think, no, and you can't tell me otherwise. And I was like, Damn, you're awesome. There's just built-in um, clocks where you think you're gonna die in adulthood, and then you get to like 18, and you're like, oh, I can, I can like forget about, I can turn this this switch off or like snooze alarm it for like six more years. Yeah. Me, it's like every two months. <laughs> but um, she, they live in Boston. She is trying to help her parents because um, her whole life has been based around making sure that the people around them can understand them. Um, she's basically their interpreter um, f- for everything, and she's senior year what does she want to do she falls in love with music and then it's like the moment is am I going to leave my family while they're starting this business where I'm the only one into this the the connection into their world because their family is so close that they don't want to lose her even though they know she's growing up it's hilarious it's so thoughtful it's got I'm a sucker also for cute dads in Troy uh, Kotzer. He's been up for supporting actor uh, is incredible. 
and the the uh, he they clearly all worked as a team, and mm-hmm. you can see that in this film. I love an ensemble. I love watching people be like, "No, we're making art," and um, they're all theater people. They all have performed with Deaf West End here in LA, um, and if you should look that up. Um, but I got to sit and listen to the woman, uh, I'm Cyan Header. If I'm saying your name wrong, I'm so sorry. Not that I think you're listening to this, but anywho, um, she hired two people to help her write this. Um, two master, I don't think it's interpreter is the right word, but um, to make sure she wrote this correctly. And she worked with Marley Martin, who has an Oscar award winning act, uh, deaf actress. Um, and just Marley, she's an Oscar-winning actress. Um, but sh- they worked all together to make sure that all the signs were right and everything is so clearly picked and poignant and it's so beautiful. And then they use devices in which the sound, like they just use so many cool things to bring you into a world of what it's like to live like that, but also not to be like, it's not a disability you know kind of the like cliche bullshit and they clearly were like no we're not gonna just write about it we're going to write it with the community and i missed out on um what was that movie that you liked last year um katie that was oh the sound Sound of 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 silence sound of metal um and so watching this i was just flabbergasted and it's a family and it's a she's trying to get into theater school so you know i got my little heart melted but got horny parents and a dad that smokes weed i'm like cool yeah i can't (laughs) recommend it enough it's so funny it's so funny and it's got the kid from sing street in it yeah i can't believe i didn't lead with that i know yeah it rocks man yeah um it's been my beating drum the whole time. I've told sold, everyone sold to write. Sold for a fuckload of money at Sundance last year. Sold yeah. for like upwards of ten million. It's on Apple TV. Apple TV Plus. Bought yep. it at Sundance. Yep. It is. Whoo, I will tell everyone in the world to watch it. It's good stuff. Total feel good movie. Like it says, feel good movie as a feel. Like you're you're gonna know the beats when you watch the movie. Like like, but that's that's part of the comfort. And I would say some of them are not like. Well, that's the that's the thing. Like, yeah. th- there's a stuff that like we have no window into until now. Like as yeah. like as just like, you know, like who we are. Like we we aren't children of deaf adults. Like so that that experience is completely brand new. Yeah. So that's the you know what I mean. That's the what makes it stand out. But I mean like. But relationships comfort, between your you parents. You know what I'm saying? Like those beats. Growing, yeah. I, that's what, oh, what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, mm, is she gonna go to the audition or help her parent? You know what I mean? Like, you're gonna yes. like you've seen it in every all over the place, but through this prism, it's even like you're comforted and also like learning. Yeah, it's like seeing all those, but then watching them hit a home run every time you get to that beat, and you're just like, oh, okay. Where's the mistake here? Where's the mistake here? <laughs> it's a downright happy flick. Like, I can't stress that enough. And that means a lot to me. Because sometimes it's like, oof, I don't know if I can. T- I can't be taking these sad movies all the time. That's so funny. I think it's gut wrenching. Really? I find yes. it so uplifting. I'm like, oh, everything everything ends where it needs to be. There's a moment in the movie when she her dad asks to her to sing to him and he grabs onto her like uh neck, not like grabs onto, but to feel the vibration and she's just singing and Oh, it's beautiful, but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't make you that's not, cry. That's not sad to me. It's lovely. She, he's finally hearing her, like in, in, quote unquote. Yeah, 
the, you're spoiling all this those flick, words bro. that you just said makes me want to vomit. Yes, and, it's and lovely, and but that's, my eyes that's out. not the same kind of sad to me. It's happy sad. That's lovely to me. I'm like, oh, family's nice. Nobody, I feel like this is how dead. Luke. This, I feel like this is how you thought Bleed Purple was a comedy at some point. Some people do. We've gotten we've gotten nods at comedy for Bleed Purple. Some people have moved us to comedy categories for Bleed Purple. Honey, that is it's so sad. I know, but I, it's <laughs> something I've wrestled with, and I've I've said it before. If your movie is funny for ninety eight percent of it, and then sad at the end, is it a comedy or is it a drama? It's a drama. It's a hard thing. Anyways, Anywho. my turn. <laughs> Katie. Katie. Uh, well, first lie. off, ha- have you guys seen um, Only Murders in the Building? We yes, watched some of it. We started watching it. I don't know if we finished. Okay. If, if you do decide to continue it, there is a very interesting uh, episode that they do mostly in silence because it's oh, from the perspective of a deaf character. And um, I thought it was most... Lead with that episode, because yeah. <laughs> that would have had me, and I've been like, how interesting. I really liked yeah. it, and then Luke didn't want to finish with me. Don't be like that. Don't sell me out. It's a great show. Everybody, <laughs> oh, everybody's I am going to sell you out, because you never watch any TV with me, and I watch so much TV. This is um, therapy. <laughs> You're welcome. I feel bad that you feel bad. Well, that transitions into my movie. Uh, for my number one is Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday! Just want to lay down and die. Why did you like this movie? And can you give us a succinct, succinct uh, description? Because I think uh, Luke looked at me like I bungled it. No, I did not. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Well, <laughs> well, that's not what I meant. I was probably just looking at you, being like, "What's that? What's that on your in your teeth, bro? There's nothing in her teeth." <laughs> <laughs> I there's nothing in the teeth. They're so they're so pretty and perfect. Feel and bad it's great and white. About they're nice. What I said. Anywho. Let the girl talk. It's Go ahead, number Katie. one. Uh this is directed by Lynn Manuel Miranda, screenplay by Stephen Levinson, and based on Tick Tick Boom by Jonathan Larson. Uh, on the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. And um if I may get real for a moment. Uh, Please do. The longer we are in L.A., the longer I feel my age. And part of that, of course, is the natural process of aging. But it's also the process of I went through a very fortunate thing last year, which was I finally broke out, broke into the industry I've been trying to get into for four years. And... That that's such a happy thing, and it it's such a relief, and I really am so grateful for that. But by that same token, I am the oldest person in my position by far, and a lot of the the people that I work with at my same level are twenty two year old kids who graduated college in the midst of working this job. Like they walked that they did their graduation walk while working on the show. And it's, it's one of those things of, like, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm, I wish I was making more than entry-level money. I, I live with wonderful roommates, but I have a, a girlfriend of three and a half years, and I, there, I want things now. I, I want my own place. I want to build a life with my girlfriend. I want to get serious i i think about starting a family and i 
re- my my inner conflict is constantly like I want to write for, but like like I can't divorce them. I want to write for children's TV the same way I want to be a mom. But like they they come they come from twin desires. And it's it's difficult to kind of reconcile that because my my want to be an artist is so strong that it's like, "Oh, have I made the wrong decisions in my life? Did I was it right for me to take the paths that I did? And when I think about that for too long, I get really, really scared. And, but that said, there are these joys about everything that I've experienced. Um, it may have taken me longer than these kids to figure out what I want to do, but I went to grad school and I met Luke. And because I met Luke, I met you, Taylor. And uh, we have this podcast and I, I've i met animators and people. I fell in love because of the choices that I made. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I, where I am if it didn't take me a little bit longer. And, it, and it's so hard. And the rejection is so painful. But when you get that win, when, when you get just that taste, it feels, oh god, there's nothing better in the world. And I, I've never seen that so well portrayed in anything and so it, 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 it shocked me because i've listened to the tick tick boom soundtrack before and and didn't connect the the original one um so so i kind of went into it uh not skeptical but like okay i'll give it a fair shot and i was completely taken by surprise uh andrew garfield's performance was tender and uh but also that that kind of thing of like i i want to to be with my partner but i want to be an artist more and and that kind of like difficult realization or um having a win what you think is a win and then it ends up being kind of a loss and then being told you'll write another one because that's what writing is that the judith light character she she just Mm -hmm. drops that line at the end and it's a gut punch because that's what it is When, when you fail artistically the only thing to do is to keep going and you don't th- in our industry there is no clear path like you don't start as a junior executive at least where we are and then become like a vp or a president or a ceo Th- that that's not really the, the kind of path that we're on we're trying so hard to put our entire souls into these projects that who knows what will happen to them there's no guarantees it's all risk how do you build a life when when you have that going on and I just felt like this was a very honest kind of conversation about it. And it, it wrecked me. It absolutely wrecked me. Um, and, uh, and obviously when Bernadette Peters came out and was singing in the Sunday song, I cried my eyes out. Yeah. I, I love Sunday in the Park with George. I love Stephen Sondheim. I, I love Stephen oh. Sondheim so much. Oh my gosh. I That's haven't watched cute. a lot of movies this year, but I've watched so many Stephen Sondheim recordings and plays and uh, that that thing from 1970 where he's like teaching the original cast how to sing the songs for or no no when they're recording it for the original cast recording uh, um Mandy Patinkin oh, is wonderful oh, Mandy Patinkin Mandy Patinkin is a national treasure like like he's so good when when Mandy Patinkin sings finishing the hat uh, it, it's just oh my god like there there are a few things few performances where you can like feel your heart break in real time with the character 
And that's Mandy Patinkin oh. in Sunday in the Park with George. Uh, with a character who's pretty stoic. And, and they, they comment on that, because obviously Sunday in the Park with George inspires the Sunday number in Tick, Tick, Boom. And uh, th- there's that moment where he's with his friend, and he's like, why can't he tell her that he loves her? And the Jonathan Larson ca- character tells him, like, of course he loves her. And clearly that's a reflection on his own kind of, like, difficulty with his girlfriend. Like, he can't, like, mm-hmm. properly communicate with them. And I thought that was so clever, how they talked about, like, the, the way <laughs> that artists see themselves in other works about art. <laughs> yes. And I I don't know. I, I felt, I f- you know, it, it felt like somebody was reaching their hand out to mine and sharing an experience that I have with me. And that is, I'm, I'm grateful. I, I, it was the best movie experience I had this year. And, uh... This is the life, bo 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 Oh my god, now I want to talk about this. I want to do a full episode on this, but I want to add to what you're saying real quick. Um, oh yeah, yeah, go for Katie, it. I feel like, Katie, what you just said, like, there's lyrics from Why, and when he's like, hey, what a way to spend a day, and then he's like, thinking, can I still spend my days like this? And mm-hmm. that is the moment where I'm like, oh man, that's just, a, like, that is life. That is what we're trying um, to, I think that's what is so endearing and why Lin-Manuel Miranda keeps getting to do what he does is because he genuinely wants to believe in everybody um, and wants to bring everyone along for the ride. He has cast his friends. He put a lot of people he's worked with in this movie, but specifically I think about, did you know that the scene where they workshop the first time Suburbia and it's with like all these writers <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, those are all Broadway writers. Um, they're every single person in that room who you're seeing um, glance by what is a writer of a famous Broadway show and I just thought my god this man is literally like wanting to shine a light on every person who works who mm-hmm. everyone who's trying and even these people who make one show like oh it, it's like Jason Robert Brown has more than one show but he certainly I feel like is known for the last five years and he's <coughs> in it and I just um I think you don't tell the story enough where it's like, it is hard to make that decision, but also you can have a love of your life who you don't end up with because of circumstance, not because Mm. you don't love them. And that is, I think, the most gut-wrenching story you can tell. Um, And I think that's wild. Um, But I just can't wait to listen to this episode, Katie, and when you make it, and you'll be like, it was all worth it, and yeah, it's like, nice, I like doing this with you guys. Uh, it really is, it's a lovely sentiment, Katie, and it's all, it's a, it's all so, so well put. Um, I was, I remember thinking, like, that's the most writer thing of all time in the flick, when they're like, they're like, great, so um, everybody wants to know what you're doing next, and it's like, Oh, I'm gonna I I'm gonna jump into traffic, um, like. But that's how it is. It's like uh, it's it's always what are you doing next? And it's like, well, I kind of just put everything I had in my body into that thing that you read in five minutes. So I, you know, so that 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 was the one that stuck the, more than anything else to me. That was what stuck out to me about the process. And I was like, fuck. And all the while, while it's gonna you're gonna make me puke when I hear that. While you're <laughs> doing like this thing, like even Katie with what the, what you have work now, it's like everyone's had a side hustle. I think every mm-hmm. single one of us has worked a job that it's like, and I'm still working a job that I love. I love to nanny, but that is not my 
end all be all goal. I mean, that is a side hustle, even though it's a full time job. And I think, like, if when you're an actor you're, or a writer or a director or a filmmaker, you know what I mean? Like, anything you do that's not that is a side hustle. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah. And, like, there are jobs that um, society has labeled as uh, something that you shouldn't want for yourself forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's the there's the, like the the image in your head of the of the scowling, disapproving father about the kid who wants to dance, right? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, really I'm a dancer. My dad's like dance motherfucker. I'm like cool. We help pay for it. He's like a little. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah I can do that. Um, I'm so glad a you lot. Paid for a lot. picked that as number one. Katie, clearly we all loved it. Oh, I mean, what a flick! What a flick! Katie, did you watch it before or after Sondheim was dead? Uh, I did actually. <laughs> But no, before or after though. Before or after? Oh, uh, both. I before my first viewing was before, and then I watched it again after. I actually I only rewatched two of these movies when I was making this list. I was like, well, my top two have to be the ones that I've rewatched, and yes. um, I only rewatched Shiva Baby and Tick Tick Boom. I don't go as hard on the rewatches as Luke. I I more spread mine out. <laughs> Um, but I have freak. seen Moonstruck probably 87 times, so there is that. There yeah, it is. That's my Emily, Emily, my friend Emily's uh, favorite. I'm a freak of nature. Taylor says that I, I, I do that instead of watching, like, instead of binging TV. He does that instead of therapy. I, well, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I, I do these podcasts instead of therapy. That's why we need to be more regular. It's my own fault. Don't, don't, own. You guys have to keep me. You guys, have to, you guys are supposed to be like, sponsor me. Like keep me on track. What oh, the fuck? Were your sponsors? I need coins, man. I'm not saying I'm not kidding. Like I need to be like Luke. This is good for your mental health. The podcast once a week. Make sure you're doing it. That's your job now. All right. Listeners, are you hearing this? Text us. All right, my turn. Yeah. Number one, uh, and it won't surprise you when I say it, Katie, <clears throat> but it is uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, <laughs> that came in. Uh, a nice little, very warm blanket um, at the top of 2021. That was like that was like the thing that was like, you're gonna subscribe to HBO Max, and I'm like, oh yeah. Well, my buddy Tuan already is subscribed, so I don't know if I will, but yeah, totally. Yes, yes, I'm gonna watch. Yes, I'm gonna watch it. Yes, uh, and it kind of just had me by the balls. I mean, like we've said it a hundred times, but this show was built on the back of me and Katie watching Batman v Superman over and over again and it's, I made her and and then I continued <laughs> to bang that drum to other people uh, and stuff like that and it's because <clears throat> this take from Zack Snyder uh, means the world to me and obviously it meant the world to a lot of people uh, who weren't ready to to let let enough let good enough be enough or whatever or let leave alone like they were like no way man like we know that there is a version of that movie out there and it's the one we preferred and the it's the most mind-blowing thing in the world to me that this exists that's why it's number one (laughs) and that's why i'll never stop talking about it because they took a what if out of the fucking equation they, they told you, here's what if. Here's the Snyder Cut. It exists. We're going to give you some more money and you can finish it. Do it. You know what I mean? Like, they, the keys back to the kingdom for a second. And <clears throat> it ends up being something so much bigger and so much more meaningful than it would have been if we got Zach's version of what came out theatrically uh, initially instead of Justice League, so to speak. It, 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 really, it really is a marvel that, and, and an unprecedented marvel, um, 
to see fans have this kind of voice and it be recognized. Um, Sonic always comes to mind to me, but that even still is not the scale of this. Um, where people are like, hey, make Sonic look better. And they're like, you right. That was cool. But <laughs> this is something else all together. Like a, a, a movement began and the Snyder Cut happened. Uh, they, they stared down a studio and WB like acknowledged their mistake, which like, when does that happen? Like, when does that happen? And they're not dumb. Like, they made the money. Like, so th- we'll toss you a little scratch, and this is goodwill for us. Um, but we also made quite a bit of loot on that first go-round that wasn't the Snyder Cut, too. I mean, in the subscription. I'm just saying, like, it's all it's kind of a win-win for them. Um, and, they, and they come out smelling good because the reception was pretty fucking positive to Snyder Cut. And honestly, uh, Army of the Dead from Zach was this fucking close to making my uh, did I say it my 10 or did it not make 10 when I when I ran through them they were so fast like it was it maybe it was 11 then because it was like so damn close to making it too like this guy's back in a big bad way as if he ever left he didn't um but the idea that Zack Snyder is divisive and sitting here in 2022 is nuts to me and I'm so pleased and also fucking they're like Luke you want it in black and white too I'm like yeah oh yeah I'll take that and so I got that as well. It's like the idea of like time, like this is why it becomes one too, because I'm sitting here being like, oh my God, they tied up loose ends for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. That's pretty cool. They tied up loose ends from Spider-Man 3. Yes, that, that's amazing. That's fucking incredible. It's it's gobsmacking. But this ties up like, like this in, creates and invents and, and has arcs and timelines and fucking like satisfying stories that, get to be tied up, but also get to be introduced and tied up. It's a long-ass fucking movie. You get four hours, and everybody gets a fucking real origin, aside from the people you knew already, and they're all great. Like, and it's all beautiful, and Zach gets to do what he wants, and it also, like, gets to go back in and do it with, like, the idea of, like, suicide prevention awareness in mind, and, like, puts that sign, like, in the movie, and, like, the skyline, and um, this movie takes on a different story altogether, and, like, you get to think about it through a lens of overcoming a tragedy like on the screen superman's dead and the world has lost hope behind the camera there's a man who suffered great personal tragedy and not Mm -hmm. only that but the movie got snatched away and he hasn't seen it i i think i heard something like his wife and christopher nolan were like bro do not watch that movie and he's like all right and he never saw justice league um from what i understand i don't know the guy i wish i did but uh I'll, i'll be talking about him forever i hope he doesn't hate that it's all good stuff i swear uh, uh, so I, he he got to finally complete it because Man of Steel, uh, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition, and then the Snyder Cut is is a perfect thing, a diamond absolute. Like it's a very 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 nice trilogy, and it could have been a lot more, and it sh- maybe arguably should have been a lot more, but that's not for me to say. Whatever, I understand why this take would not be your cup of tea for such big mainstay characters. Whatever, whatever, but obviously. Here we are now, and people dug it. I have so much to say. I could talk for, for talk about it forever. We did a three-hour-long podcast, me and Jake did with Kevin Smith. Uh, uh, it's like on Smodcast and YouTube, and it's like Film School Fridays, and we talked about this because so, I'm just I, – I love the shit. I just love it. You know what I mean? Uh, and 
we we got so into the shit of talking about Snyder and other stuff, and and we barely even got to the flick. So like to talk to cover this four hour movie, and we covered it on Bad Movie Brunch. We've covered both versions of this on Bad Movie Brunch. Oh so yeah. It's like, but to actually like give you my full thoughts about this flick, I th- I truly think it would take days. I think I'd have to go back to my I think I'd have to go back to my uh, English major days and like actually write an essay because like that way I could compose my thoughts. Nobody wants to hear me waiting through this. It's a lot of moaning. Um, <laughs> No, Bruce. It's a lot they of, don't want you to Bruce Wayne through it. Yeah. Oh my. I. I. Oh. Oof. And, and then. Oh. Oof. What a good movie. But I'm just so satisfied. Uh, for like there, there is justice to be had in that flick. There was justice for Zach. There was justice for the fans. There's justice for the char- league. For the league. There's justice for like <laughs> characters like Steppenwolf, who went from lame to really spiky and kind of cool, and we knew why he was doing what he was doing. And we got to see Darkseid, and we got to see fucking Martian Manhunter spoilers, and like, um, Willem Dafoe has long hair in it, so that's worth everything. <laughs> um, <clears throat> just a lot of good stuff. I could talk all day, but this I is actually, number one. This is a good way to end it because you're right. It's like your bad movie brunch is created by this, and if you didn't pick it, I feel How like could it fans not be? of you and I us mean, and all of this. And is... I and you know I love Spider Man to death, and yes, that was. But It'd be a disservice to Bad Movie Brunch mm-hmm. to put it as number two. It'd be tough. I respect mm-hmm. that they should, choice. They shouldn't have come out in the same year. I can't even believe I didn't even wasn't even thinking of your top five. In well, there. I know because I didn't think of it as. Why don't I not think of it as a twenty twenty one movie? Because even though I can remember like when it came out. Because it's. It feels like last one year. One could argue, it's not a new movie, but that person arguing is probably wrong because it's <laughs> a, it's a pretty it's a pretty different movie. Yeah. Um, I, I like consider it, it its own flick, and they do too. Like when that around the same time as uh, our episode with Kevin came out, like it was like somebody I don't know who, but the, the world was abuzz about the idea of apparently Joss Whedon's Justice League, not Zack Snyder's Justice League, was the one to be considered canon officially in in the WB uh, DCEU or whatever. But I don't know what that means necessarily because aren't these all? If you're doing a multiverse. Then this is just I whatever. I, Anywho, I don't know. It's a l- another another <laughs> podcast, another line. That's uh, our top. I had a ball. Thanks yeah. for doing this, guys. On a Monday night. We all only had tick tick boom in common, right? I think yes, so. that's our number. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Two, Switching one, it up. and yours was five. No, it was three. Four? I think it was three. Oh, that's even better. Well, and we all, I all, we. No, it was four. Katie's the one who had the most diverse. Mine is definitely all like family drama, rom comedies. Yeah, classic. that's all right. I mean, you have two musical, you have two technical musicals, right? Yeah. I wouldn't consider Coda, Coda doesn't count as one. Uh-uh. I feel like it's sneaky. Sneaky, but yeah, it was a good year for movies. A television, I'm sure I no could West do a Side whole Story, other... Taylor. Nope. <laughs> we just watched that the other day. It's very. It's, it is. It was solid. It totally was worth watching. Anytime Spielberg and all that good stuff, it's it's a win. But yeah, and the power of the dog is an honorable mention to me. I will say that real quick. That movie is beautiful, but I don't think I could watch it ever again. It's too sad. It's too fucked up. <laughs> too many animals die, dude. And I'm not even a vegetarian. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's a hard a movie if you own a brown bunny, which I do. Oh, Taylor, you were <laughs> killing people's ears. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, I'm writing down everything I spike, and I have. I've spiked. been trying to write down the spikes. It's probably not going to happen. Maybe we'll just we should just adjust the whole thing totally. 
Well, we will. Anywho, what a good year for for cinema. <laughs> what a good time to be alive. Uh, it really is. Thank you, cinema, for giving us escapism while we all suffer through. But thank you also for bringing us humanity. I feel like that's something that we all share in common is actually getting to witness people being humans and um, struggle. And I feel like all of those movies encapsulate that for some reason. And uh, we made it through another year. Anybody have a flick they're looking forward to most coming down the pike this year? Sonic 2. Fuck <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Knuckles. Uh, Jim Carrey's fantastic in that. There's also another one coming out called M-I-O-K. That, that sounds pretty good. I mean, off the bat, that's a solid title. What's the rom com? There's a. What's the one that I mentioned the other day that's not. It's. Oh my god. I'm. I don't know. It's a a romance where she's like, I'm not. I'm not. Yes. Worst person in the world. It looks fabulous. It's every beat. Everything I've seen from the trailer is about. Looks like it could be in the, the top five guarantee. And obviously, Ooh. Tragedy of Macbeth, I would like to see, even though it's the best movie. I haven't seen it yet. <clears throat> I missed a tender bar. I got to get my Affleck on. But um, uh, I'm most looking forward to, off the top of my head, in the upcoming months, the Batman. I'm, all, I'm thinking about the, oh, a lot of Pattinson Three hours. Batman. Three yeah, hours. Son. Come on, son. Luke already bought the Funko Pops. So let's already. <laughs> a few. Let's uh-huh, all. A we few. should place bets on who's going to be. I've got one for every hour of movie there is. <laughs> <laughs> will it be one or two is probably the real question. Is like, will it be your top one or two? It's going to be hard because Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, I think, is this There's year. no way Robert Pattinson doesn't, hey, I know. doesn't steal Pattinson, your heart away. The bat. I, I, I'm, I can't believe that we live in this world where I get Affleck's, Affleck and Keaton are Batman in the Flash movie, but also Pattinson's Batman. And I'm like, I like all these things. Yeah. I, I like every one of them. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I want the no, dude. I saw like the best meme, and this is how I feel about this is how I feel about this particular situation. But it was like Andrew Garfield about like uh, about like uh, coming back for the Spider-Man franchise, and it's like I'm not coming back for 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 forty percent. I'm coming back for everything. Uh, <laughs> he's, he stole the movie. He's a, he's a heart stealer. I love that he's like everybody is obsessed with him now and he deserved it is he did a phenomenal job being jonathan larson too i know uh, i saw a side by side like on instagram of of like him performing uh 3090 mm-hmm. on top of jonathan larson performing 3090 and it's insane like it's batshit he really put in the work oh uh, um oh man I'm, I'm gonna say one joke from that movie because I love it so much. And tick tick boom, when they're in the uh, the guy from uh, the financial district comes to their artist uh, ha- uh, party, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I used to sing choir." And man, it's like you guys must just get a lot of pussy. And I just am like, that is the oh it hit every that was too far. No, that was like yep, yep. That is like a joke. That, I was like, Lemon Miranda, thank you for putting it in there. You don't need to say anything more. You get the look from our Andrew Garfield, and you're like, yep, that's what people – it's the whole idea, like being an artist. That's what life is, is that. And you're like, no, what, fuck you. Anywho, I don't know why I'm ending that way, but here we are. <laughs> and that being said – 
Oh, I see. Uh, I've been Katie. <laughs> I'm Luke. And I'm Taylor. What a ball. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. This is, all, this is always one of my favorite ones to do every year, so I'm so happy we're sticking to tradition. Thanks for doing it. Oh, my. Yeah, always. Later.